It has been a mixed bag, to say the least, in the Middle East. There is, of course, a civil war that continues to roil Syria. Just this morning, President Bashar al-Assad's forces bombed parts of Damascus, along with rebel-held sections of Aleppo. Revolutionary momentum has stalled in other spots as well, like Bahrain and Saudi Arabia. But the Arab Spring has also given birth to fledgling democracies in places like Tunisia and Libya. Today we're checking in with our correspondents on various issues, and we turn now to the world's Matthew Bell in Jerusalem. He says a year ago the mood in Egypt was electric. People were looking ahead at the first real free presidential election in the history of Egypt. They were talking about getting a new president, about getting a new constitution. There was a real can-do spirit. Here's an example of what I'm talking about, Marco, from an activist I talked to at a rally for one of Egypt's presidential candidates back in May. The Egyptian population was going to, to change his Egypt, okay? We are going to make a new rule that the government is not responsible for everything. Government is responsible for planning. Government is responsible for supporting new services, okay? But the Egyptian population who is going to work, is going to motivate himself to build his country. Not only the government will build, but the Egyptian population is going to build. So, Matthew, what about that can-do spirit today in Egypt? I don't want to say it's gone completely, but what a difference in in the last visit to Egypt, which uh, was last month. What was going on was yet another election. This was, uh, I think it was the eighth time that people were going to the polls to vote for a a very controversial draft constitution um, in a referendum. And the excitement, for the most part, was gone. A real frustration with uh, President Mohamed Morsi, who was the, the Muslim Brotherhood's candidate, Uh, Even people who were voting for the Constitution, many of them I talked to, just just seemed that they were hoping for the best, voting yes, and just wanted to move on. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. I spoke with the Cairo University professor, Mustafa Kamal Saeed, and and here he is talking a little bit about how even some supporters of the Muslim Brotherhood are really let down by what they've seen in recent months. People had very good ideas um, about... um, how efficient, how honest, uh, how uh, clever Muslim brothers uh, would be in running the country. And uh, we saw a level of incompetence that far exceeds anything that was experienced at the time of Hosni Mubarak. Well, he's kind of disappointed. Matthew, what is the status of Egypt's constitution right now? It's passed, so legally it's it's moving forward, but there's a sense that this was rushed through and it doesn't really have the consensus that a constitution should have uh, for the country's future. Another huge story in the Mideast, of course, is Syria. Uh, you recently went to Jordan to meet and speak with Syrian refugees there. What did you find? What did you hear? You listen to analysts who've been following events in Syria, and some are at this point saying that we could be seeing the beginning of the end, that maybe Bashar al-Assad's days are numbered in Syria. Uh, but I have to say, when you go and you hear some of the stories from refugees, people that have left everything behind, I mean, I saw videos that uh, I thought these are going to give me nightmares and, and just heard heartbreaking details about people's lives and the scale of the human misery. Uh, it's really mind-boggling, and it makes it hard to think about an end game in Syria coming anytime soon. The Mideast obviously continues to be consistently the hottest neighborhood in the world, Matthew. I guess you're girding yourself for another tumultuous year ahead. What, what story do you think might point the way to what's ahead right now? 
Well, from where I'm sitting here in Jerusalem, the the first big story of the year, of course, is the Israeli uh, election, the national election. Everyone expects Benjamin Netanyahu to win and to be prime minister again. But I think the big question is, how is Israel, the, the most important U.S. ally in the region, going to work with a second-term Obama administration. What is going to happen with the two-state solution, which has been sort of the the bedrock uh, roadmap, if you will, for U.S. policy in this region for decades? And there are real questions about whether this is even possible still and whether Israeli politics and the Obama administration's priorities are going to gel going forward. The world's Mideast correspondent Matthew Bell in Jerusalem.